0: Episode 153, the Take Food Control episode. Bring it. Hey! That was it. Yeah, that was it. Three words. Three words or less. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah,
3: yeah, 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 yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah,
3: yeah, 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 yeah,
1: Hey, Always gotta no go way. to the peyote
3: Gotta hit that peyote song What did I, told, I was too busy yelling What did you say? Episode one? 153 I know, but yeah Oh, the take full, <laughs> take, take full control episode Take full okay. control Okay, okay Alright, alright, alright So over here to my far right, yeah. <laughs> all the way from L. Jesus. He's number 83 in the place to breathe. He ain't even trying to preach. It's the pod goddy, Randy B. Say, Show it up.
0: How do we say oh, mahalo? Oh.
3: Aho. 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 And then directly to my right, all the way from Bob Wood 9-0. 9-0. 9 He is your favorite Indian, your ace in one. JCB, your favorite Indian say, "Hoka hey, Hoka hey, Hoka hey, little big man, Hoka hey, little big
1: man."
3: you uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, and you know me. Mo hugs, not drugs. All the way from up the road in Arrow Creek. Oh, hey.
2: this is where you clap.
1: Yeah, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'll
2: help you out.
3: There we go. That wasn't even clappable. That
2: wasn't clappable.
3: (laughs) It was commendable. (laughs) That wasn't even clappable.
1: (laughs) Wow, man.
3: That sounds funny out of context. Hey, to our listeners out there on Flat Earth, we're recording live here at the Lincoln Center in Billings, Montana, in front of uh, a live studio audience. Packed house. Packed house. (laughs) Yeah. Even, there's a lady out there even luluing. Luluing. Anybody got some lulus
0: out there? Do we have that one lulu. Huh?
3: Which one, Kevin's? Yeah. K drives. Yeah, Capital K. K. Drives. I don't know how we didn't record. He left it. before oh, we can get it. Man. we're gonna have to get a digital copy of that lulu. That was powerful when that one. <laughs> powerful.
1: <laughs> oh. <ooh>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so how's your guys' week going? How's that going? Horrible. Horrible. What? Why? With not so many words.
2: In not so many words, then I probably shouldn't say anything.
3: (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Randy? It's been
0: awesome. Right on. Uh, We're recording episode 153 in front of a live studio audience, and I think it's great that we have some people here celebrating something that we started three years ago. Yes, sir. Three years ago? And nothing can beat that.
3: Wow. How about you? Well, um, it's been a very eventful week, um, busy, busy as always for me, um, but just trying to not get myself worked up about stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true, let go, let God. Yeah, just really trying to be that, that duck on the water and letting the water just trickle off my yeah. back, you know, not, not trying to let, let things get too heavy. I think that's important. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, okay. Check I, in. I
0: heard you had to
3: do some dry meat the other
0: day. Oh, yeah, we had a fun time. I had an amazing time, like, cutting all that meat. I'm just kidding. I ain't even cut it. You didn't even cut? <laughs> oh, why no, not? we had the class, and it, it was cool, man. We had a lot of people, and I just let them enjoy it because I did it before, you know?
3: I was like, you guys enjoy it. Back in your frontier days? Yeah, in my frontier
0: days, you know? (laughs) Back in the buckskin fringe, huh? I said, wait, let me go get those berries out back. I started getting the the apples and everything. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) 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 Going
3: into your gather mode? Yeah,
0: I went to gather mode real quick.
3: I killed it, so you guys make the dry meat. Yeah. Uh 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 Uh-huh. Oh, oh. Dry meat. Yeah. You like dry meat?
2: Only when it's extra dry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How do you guys like to eat your dry meat, though, for real?
3: Raw, raw,
0: raw. <laughs> like this series. No, do you guys, so like what we, yeah, we put a little bit of salt and stuff on there. And, like lard and salt? <laughs> yeah. And you know what's
2: good, though, is when they boil
0: it. Yeah, that's really good. Boil I mean, I like the stew. Like dry meat
1: stew, yeah, yeah. Like everything goes good in stew. Yeah, yeah, anything.
3: No, I've had it. Um, okay, yeah. I'm just I eat it dry. Yeah, it's good. It's
0: like the best meat for you, isn't it? It actually broke my one of my teeth about three years ago. Really, uh, two two years ago, mom. <laughs> <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Mom's here, so I had to shout her out,
1: man. <laughs> hi, Mom. mom. mom hi. <laughs> mommy. <laughs> That's good, <a> mommy.
3: Yeah. <laughs> right on. So let's do a bucket list, man.
2: Yeah. Bucket list. I'm running out of stuff for
3: the bucket list. You've done everything. I'll think of something. All right, think of something right now. Right now? Yeah, right now, man.
2: Oh man. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I already said I would walk on the moon, but I can't handle the ride. Did you say that? Yeah, somewhere along the line. Because I, like, I don't even like carnival rides, dude. Like, I, I can't do that. I, like, I wouldn't be able to go from here to there. But if you can get me from here to there, then I'll walk all over that place. But.
3: What?
1: <laughs> no, okay, Lord. How about you just moon, what, moonwalk? <laughs>
3: what part of that
2: did you not understand? <laughs> I don't.
3: What, like, teleport you?
2: Well, no, like, I don't know, hit me in the head and knock me out or something. I just don't want
1: <laughs> to. Easy. Easy, guy.
2: Hey, focus. I forgot what I was talking about. Uh, so, yeah. Um, man, I don't know. I think I've already said everything. Um, hey, i go stick your head in the volcano. You would? Yeah, well, I would. I mean, go go check it out because you know you can stand next to them and look like down into that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> into the
3: crevice hole.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't want to say anything. I don't trust you guys, man. Right? You guys are Jedi's. I gotta watch what I say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah,
2: you know, go in there and check it out and watch that stuff bubble around. And it seems like it would be pretty cool.
3: Yeah, yeah, it seems like it'd be really hot.
2: Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, I guess so,
3: but. Okay. What about you. Well, I was gonna ask you, what about you? What about you? <laughs> you first. My bucket list is I wanna <laughs> know what you would do. You hang up. No, you hang up. No, you no, hang up. You go. No, you hang up first. <laughs> I don't want to hang up on you.
0: <laughs> that would be rude. <laughs> what
3: no, if you're I trying think... to say something? <laughs>
0: Just kidding. I think like a bucket list for me, like <laughs> but I probably would never do it. It's like gliding. Oh, like a hang gliding Yeah, oh. like because I saw one of my friends post in Wyoming and they like just ran off the the edge bro like they just ran this way and next thing you know they were like up in the air hey,
3: oh was, there's was no like cliff or anything
0: well i mean yeah it was oh. like a hill it's a big old point but it's like bro like i can i don't know like i can't bring myself to take that leap man no how one. about
2: one of those remember those suits that didn't look like a flying squirrel
0: did you try that? What if I freaking don't even <laughs> hang on that bar and I just start rolling down that hill? <laughs> I know, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say, that'd be my luck. I try to take off and I trip. No dive. sprain your ankle right when you're launching. <laughs> just hurt yourself. Oh man. No, now that you say that, <laughs> what no, if you I can We really you rolled down like a quarter down the hill and then and took off. <laughs> yeah, <they took> are <laughs> just all knocked out, <laughs> just flopping on the. Your ankles <laughs> just dropping there.
1: dragging you, your feet on yeah, the clock. You
0: can't even enjoy the glide.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man! You're just like knocked out, just flopping around, <laughs> just sliding around.
0: <laughs> so if that happened, would you look for a hospital, I'd like to
1: go land in bed? No man,
0: I don't know. That's
3: crazy. Would you look for a hospital? <laughs> <laughs> Try to stand with
0: one arm. Just <laughs> land on your helipad. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: my god!
3: M G. All, right, all right then. Let's see. let's hear it. Okay. Um, I don't think about. I don't know if I said this before. I felt like I have, but I'm gonna say it again. Like I go out on tour, like. Uh, Like a, what is it? Like a Finding Bigfoot thing. Oh, yeah. Like I would go like out in the sticks for months. Months? Months trying to capture or get a footage or audio or even just give
0: Bigfoot a hug. Just give him a Bigfoot hug. What if you met him and he was average size, but just his feet were huge? (laughs) (laughs) Would you run? I don't know, (laughs) man. Well, what I don't if know he what, got, I what if he got like I uh, would like to
3: think I would like just be like my curiosity would overcome my fear and I wouldn't run <laughs> but being in that situation I don't know what I would do. I would like to say I like like, you know, try to catch footage or tackle him or something. Well,
2: I mean it depends on like how close you get, because if you're like real close, you I mean you might as well just say, All right, you got me, man. Yeah. Yeah. But if it was Just way over out. there and you got like a running, like a fighting chance, like yeah, he would probably take off.
3: What if it's like that um, beef jerky commercial and it's like that guy's calling him Bigfoot and he's like Bigfoot? He's <laughs> Daryl. My name is Daryl.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or else that remember that other uh, that other commercial too when he has puts him in that sleeping bag and hits him against the tree. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> no, that was a good one. But what no, if you, I, what if you get like a deformed one and he has little tiny feet?
0: A def- Deformed Bigfoot? Yeah. What if he had like little tiny feet and then he had like a, like a shoe, remember like those rubbers that the old people used to wear? Oh, over yeah. Over their shoes, make over their moccasins? Feet. To make it bigger? <laughs> 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 and everything we believe was just a myth? It's like, they actually call me Littlefoot. Oh. He what just if that his Indian name? I
3: just had some
2: clown
0: shoes on? Or what if it
3: was like, he just has one Bigfoot. Oh. The other one's Regular. But the one mean, is huge And, and, and that's, that's the one they, they leave that's, all the time that's, yeah.
2: that's, that's why they only see one footprint, huh? Yeah uh, What do you uh, guys think? We're on to something, <laughs> we're onto something. Oh, There's a big foot over there yeah. uh,
3: He's got his foot in the aisle <laughs>
1: <What>? <laughs> Hold
3: on, I
2: gotta process that now One big foot, okay That's why they say big foot They don't Just, say
0: big feet big Just feet. slap it right in the aisle <laughs> big, <laughs>
2: No, no, big feet is like more than one though like a herd, or yeah,
0: whatever you said.
2: My name is Bigfoot. A murder of Bigfoot, a murder, eh, a
3: gaggle, a plethora, a pl- Yeah, okay. Big feet, Bigfoots. Okay, like a murder of crows,
2: S- Sasquatches, Sasquatch, Sasquai. was oh, just making up the
3: Sasquai. would be one, right? Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. I think that's, that, sounds,
2: that, that sounds plural, though. That sounds like more than one. It sounds like a herd.
3: A herd? A herd. Why not a family?
2: Oh, yeah, heard. there you go. Or a troop.
0: Yeah. Because they call monkeys troops. What about like a crew? Like What if crew? they have gangs? Yeah. you think they have gangs? Hey, what you know? if they were like different national park gangs? <laughs> Ripping Yellowstone, y'all. <laughs>
1: Yosemite, like a, Yosemite. Keep like your, your ass form. out of here. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! You guys are taking that way
2: too far. Yeah, that's what we do. Get
3: a little carried away. But I think we're warmed up, man. What you guys say? Uh, yeah. Ready to go? Unique. Heated up, New York. Heated Unique. Up. up, New York. Blue bugs bleed blue blood. Yes. Okay. So, DJ, if you're ready, why don't you hit me with that beat? Yo, let's get into our topic Yo, let's get into our topic Alright, 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 alright So tonight's episode is brought to you by Talk Hands. Cool, refreshing drink. No, i was kidding.
2: Favorite teas and tea.
3: Tonight's episode is actually brought <laughs> to you by Rocky Mountain Tribal Leaders, Tribal Opioid Response Program. Let's put our hands together for them. Nice round of applause. They do great work here in the community trying yes. to raise awareness about op- opioid use, Narcan, and the like. Um, but we thank you guys for joining us here Um At this time we're going to call up our first guest um, A man that needs no introduction But we'll introduce him anyway Mr. Little Ego G. Little Eagle, DJ Bedbug Make your way up to the stage, por favor, por favor. Let's put our hands together for G. Little Eagle
1: <laughs>
3: Yeah, yes sir, yes sir are you gonna put on the headphones there? Are you good? No, you don't. If you can hear us, can you hear my voice? Yeah, I can hear you. Yes, right on. So. <laughs> yeah, i <I'm> was just
1: kidding. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so,
4: tell us about Bigfoot.
1: i yeah. was no, kidding.
4: <laughs> no, um, we all we all have a Bigfoot in our our own reses. We all have someone that's oh, yeah, true that might be related, considered, considered Bigfoot. Oh, yeah. Be a distant yeah. cousin,
3: and he has that that Rez's accent,
4: isn't it? That's right. That's right.
3: <laughs> and that bro, <laughs> yes, sir. Um, so this is like what your fourth, fifth time on here?
4: I think so. Sounds something like that.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah if you guys haven't listened to G's ghost stories, man, they're really good. Back in what was that twenty one, twenty two? Yeah, just
2: don't listen to them by yourself. Mm-hmm. My.
3: Made that uh-huh. mistake.
2: Hey, turn the lights cool. on. Yeah,
3: he's got some really good ghost stories to go
4: back to. Walk to. back out to your car by yourself. <laughs> through the alley. Yeah. <laughs> through the
3: alley. Yeah, I think it was October 21 when he came on and told us some awesome ghost stories. It was that first year, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. We had some series. So in October, we like to do some ghost stories.
0: <clears throat> but and we may or and... may not have had to all walk out together that day. Yeah, night. holding hands. <laughs> Yeah, is that when I? You guys, is that when you guys
2: had to hold the door open until I turned the lights off and then...
0: That was a... Yeah. So that you guys could walk me. down the hallway? We only got scared once.
3: <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> just <What>? one time.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay.
3: <clears throat> All right. Cool. You feeling... You ready to go? I'm ready. All right. Let's do this then. So... um <clears throat> So what we're trying to do here is, you know, really paint a picture of that um, kind of like oh, that desperation, that hopelessness of rock bottom and mm. then into recovery and then how you got there, what keeps you sober today. So if you could start off with like that, the events surrounding leading up to your own personal rock bottom and what that looked like and your kind of thought process there, if you can elaborate on that.
4: Got yeah, any bet? So, uh, first off, yeah, my name is G, and I am in recovery. I am in full recovery. I'm proud of that. Proud to be where I'm at today, just to, just to say those words. Uh, and, you know, it's recovery month, so, uh, you know, I like to always carry that message and, and just just be that, be that message that we do recover, you know, that it, it is possible. Uh, recover-warrioring is possible. That's the new hashtag there. Hashtag recover warrioring is possible. That sound good?
2: That, that old thing? thing? Yeah. It's Re- yeah. a new one. I just, gotta, not thought,
4: just not thought of it. You
2: gotta practice
3: on the
4: right warrioring here on the podcast. Warrioring. Warrioring. warrior-ing.
3: warrior-ing. Yeah. warrior-ing. <laughs> but, um, Sounds like
4: worrying. Yeah, the rock bottom stuff, you know, just um like so many rock bottoms, you know, so many uh relapses. You know, so many tries, so many times that I thought I had it down, you know, with uh, family, you know, my first family, with uh, being a workaholic, just uh, staying busy, you know, thinking that's that's going to do it, you know, and um, going to school, you know, things like that. But it just, things just get worse and worse as, you know, the, as time goes by for me, Uh um, seems like that relapse that comes after a few years sober, you know, um, doing it on my own. Uh, what I mean by that is uh, no support and not asking for that support and not uh, utilizing things that may be out there for me That um, because of that, you know, my attitude getting in my way and my ego of saying, you know, I, I got this. I can do this. Um, I'm just going to stay working, stay busy. But um, you know, after you know my very last relapse, you know, I, I, I was actually sober for one year. I did the uh, the whole sobriety birthday cake and a coin. I was all proud, but um, you know, I didn't have my my guards up. I was um, there was a lot of issues going around in my own world that that I wasn't sharing, um, not even sharing in groups or you know the. The local AA meeting I was at because I was back on the res at that time when I uh, sobered up when I had that one year. So, but um, hitting that hitting that rock bottom that relapse, you know, that's yeah. You know, there is there is saying that you you have the hardest relapse, uh, you know, after you you're sober for a while, mm-hmm. like you come back, you know, just hard hitting that rock bottom hard, and that that was the the case for me, you know. I... When I think of rock bottom the, the, the image that comes to my mind is um when I see when I see myself is you know walking around downtown North twenty seventh with just just trunks on, just some basketball trunks on. You know, not even not even no socks, not even no slides or, you know, shoes, mm-hmm. no T shirt, you know. Maybe I had a hat, you know, maybe I had trunks and hat. <laughs> but I, that, that's what I thats what I visualize, too, is uh, not even knowing and, and just trying to bum around for a pair of shoes, at least, socks at least, you know, t-shirt, you know, somebody throw me a shirt, you know, because <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm embarrassing my my crew, my friends, or whoever was around around that time, but um, that's how I was walking around, to, you know, eventually I got a, someone threw me a shirt, eventually, someone threw me a pair of slippers out of their backpack, eventually, but that's what I visualize when I when I see that rock bottom. But you know, that's what part of that what part of that saved my life. You know, because I was, you know, uh, had that, still have because it, it's, it's it's with you, um, the fatty fatty liver disease, and that only scared me for like two months or something like that. You know, then I just uh, hit everything all hardcore for the two three years after that. You know, I, that just sobered me up for two months, um, but you know going to uh you know where I, where I sobered up um you know was at the crisis center because I uh I don't really remember going there but but I was there you know I, I was trying to I remember trying to avoid that place but um they they got me to uh have me give me some goals uh what my goals are you know that you know the 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 guy there uh knew knew what he was doing you know he does that every day so i ended up uh having to call my sister and um and that was one of my goals is that was my kids getting my kids back back in my life and sobering up and um knowing who was out there knowing who was waiting for me and knowing how I'm gonna avoid that and uh you know get get, get on that road you know so that was August 4th 2014 um you know my my older sister came picking me up from uh North Park and that was kind of where my journey started there to where I'm at today, it's just living in recovery. So that's, that's, where, that's what I visualize when I see some of that rock bottom, in my, last, my last rock bottom.
2: The crisis, and, man, I, I ended up in there one time too. I fell off the curb at the bar and ended up in the emergency room. And uh, they wouldn't let the cops take me, but the hospital didn't want me either, so that's what they It's crazy because they dropped me off at the front door and said, there it is, and I walked right in there. Like, I could have just left, <laughs> Yeah. But uh, anyway, so what resources did you utilize to help you or to help yourself make a change?
4: So the resources uh, kind of came after I made that, that, um, you know, I, I talked to Maya, I talked to God, I talked to Creator. You know, that was the first step I had to do, you know. Um, I went to my Sacred Mountain, I went to Bear Butte, um, you know, within the month that I was, um, drying out, you know, I was, I was numb, I was, uh, not wanting to talk to, uh, anybody at the time, you know, I was just, at the time, feeling that gratefulness coming back into my life to just, you know, to say that I'm alive, my kids are, my kids are right here in front of me, and, um, just counting those little blessings first before I went ahead and made that big step to, uh, you know, talk to Creator, and, uh, you know, surrender, surrender over it truly, you know. I never know what that meant, but I, at this time I did it, you know. I just, um, having him, having him take that wheel, uh, you know, actually just grabbing that wheel and me not getting in the way and, uh, me actually listening, and so, so what I, you know, what I had to do from there is, um, I was, I was on the res, so, um, There was, what was happening there was the local AA meeting was right down the road, and um, that's where I came from before. I utilized those tools before. I've been to treatment, like, countless times before, throughout my life, since I was uh, 15, inpatient and outpatient. Uh, The aftercare, you know, everything that, you know, uh, the 90s kids and and, uh, my parents, or my mom, I should say, that was their solution for everything back then was, Every little wrongdoing was, uh, you're going to treatment, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I was sending you to treatment. And uh, <laughs> the 12-step treatment, that was that was the thing in the 90s, you know. That was the solution for everything to her <laughs> and to a lot of moms, actually, on the res, even though it wasn't even alcohol, drug-related, just, just, just uh, misbehaving or not coming home, past curfew. The solution was, you're going to treatment. I'm sending you off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, so I had that I know those tools were there, so I utilized, you know, that, and I, I knew that was that that was the first step I should do, was be around sober people. Yeah, you know, stepping back into that room with the shame, the embarrassment that I was feeling to try to get myself to do that at least, and what I did, you know, I was welcomed back. There was no shame, there was no embarrassment after that. You know, there was just. All, all open arms to, to uh, help me uh, fall forward. You know, instead of falling backward. Yeah. So I had to utilize that. That was what was there. That was what was available. So I had to use what was available for me, and that was it. So I, I, I hit those, um, hit those uh, during the week. You know, um, it was once a week, but I needed more. So I started my own on a Friday night. So we did Monday Friday nights, and I did, I did a candlelight on Friday nights, and I uh, started doing speaker meetings every month after that too, because I knew that was helping me. Yeah, uh, helping others was um, returning back to me and helping me stay where I wanted to be at, which was uh, sobriety at, yeah. that t- at that time. It was sobriety, just, just stay sober daily. You know, that was the goal. So that was that was the early. Early recovers, early resources that I used. Right now. That's, that's what, was the, what was the question, right? Yeah, thank resources. you. <laughs> no, resources. thank you for
0: that, man. You, you, talk about, you talk about your journey in the beginning, like your rock bottom, being out on the street, the uh, resources that you utilize, going to the crisis center, going to treatment, um, ultimately starting your own meeting. Uh, but I think like, I mean, Thank you for sharing that part, but what I wanted to ask is like, what like, what do you use today that gives you hope that that sustains your walk in recovery?
4: Okay, so during the, you know those periods uh, in my early recovery, you know it took it took a couple of years, um, so I want to get get start getting toward that that hope part that you're you're asking about. Um, so, you know, what, what I did in, in my early recovery was I, I, I switched addictions, I crossed addictions. And, um, you know, I, I didn't uh, just do drugs. I, you know, it was food for me. It was food and uh, chain smoking cigarettes and caffeine. But I was sober. So I, I was grateful for that part. You know, I was sober. Um, I wasn't healthy in the other parts, my physical health and my lungs, and um, I'm sure my, my blood pressure was you know, off the, off the chain up there and everything, but I was sober, and uh, so it, it took me a couple of years to realize that um, I, was, I was getting really unhealthy, I was uh, basically unrecognizable to some of my people at home because they never see me for a while. And they probably didn't know what was worse, seeing me then or or, or now, <laughs> because yeah. um, I didn't look like myself anymore. Because I was uh, just uh, eating so much uh, unhealthy unhealthy ways, and you know the chain smoking on top of that, and you know the energy drinks and the Mountain Dews, and you know just uh, I was always just jittery and just just flying off the hook, you know. <laughs> but um, mm. coming to that that part when um, and I also was. You know, living in codependency, and um, I realizing some of those things that were not what that I didn't know nothing about. All I know about was let's just stay sober. I didn't know any of the any of the wellness part of part of things, you know, and um, of taking care of myself all four directions. I didn't know any of that yet. Uh, so, you know, when I started running, you know, God told me to run. You know, I know you guys know my story on that part. But for some that don't, you know, God told me to run when I was uh, asking for a sincere prayer in the in the hills, and I ran a half a mile, and then that weekend, and I eventually ran a full mile. Every weekend I went to went to pray, um, and then you know, eventually as the years came, you know, the year next next year was a half marathon, then it was a full marathon, then it was a thirty two miler, and then it was a fifty miler, and because um, I really found that. Running was really helping me. It was part of my meditation. I, I, I started eating healthy. You know, I, I quit smoking cigarettes. Uh, I even quit caffeine eventually. But I, uh, you know, I lost 90 pounds in that process. And um, But uh, running became the big game changer for me because I was uh, using that as, as, as prayer, um, praying for others, praying for myself, but... You know I found something that I, that I really found that was really meditative for me you know to me that was meditation to me that was church to me that was um you know um prayer running you know you know i'd run for hours and that my, that that was my time and still is my time between me and creator that 's when we get to talk because mm. there's no one else around me that to, to um to uh distract me or you know, tap me on the shoulder, ask me questions, uh, you know, it's just, just me and the earth on my feet and God. Um so when I when I found that, you know, that that's when that that hope started getting stronger uh for me because I knew I was going somewhere in a direction where um where I was finding more of that peace coming coming back into my heart and that serenity. Something that I could say that I wasn't there in the first first two or three years, you know. Um, I, I, I was I was sober. I was using the meetings, you know. I was uh, I got um finally got to hit the sobriety meetings up here, you know, mm-hmm. because I lived it, it was just the church. I mean, just the AA meetings and NA meetings. Um, so you know, I I hit those. Um, I know Josiah. You remember me bringing crews up here, you know, oh, to yeah, your sure. to speaker your speaker meetings, meetings yeah. you know. So I'd bring I'd bring. Car loads, van <clears throat> loads to speaker meeting, whoever wants to come up for the monthly one here and, you know, I'd be spreading the word for my speaker meetings on here on the res you know, until eventually I did move back up back to Billings but, um, that was where the hope really came in because, uh I felt all the stuff that I, that I didn't have in the past and one of them was the codependency part you know, just in my daily life you know, um um family friends everything that's around me that that was bringing bringing me down and bringing my peace down um and i know that codependency you know is, is a big part of um relapse you know it's it's a relapse trigger it's it's dangerous so i i brought that i opened that up into my to my um wellness as well you know taking my taking care of myself in all in all the ways with um not only just staying abstinent and saying I'm sober, but I can actually say that I'm living in peace and I'm I have a Trinity in my heart, and it shows with my kids, it shows with my my wife now, um, it shows with some you know family and friends that you know I'm not in that in that world where I'm uh, just stubborn and you know mean and all the things that can come apart when, you don't, when you're not taking care of yourself and. Uh, in all the ways, you know, spiritual, mental, uh, emotional, you know. Um, seeing a, a therapist as well mm. for two years now, mm-hmm. and uh, going through, trusting that process, and finding someone that really clicks with me. Someone that, someone that came out of that um, his own addictions, and um, um, so he knows he knows about everything that that I'm talking about, and yeah. so I found something like that. So. That's where that hope really came in, came in strong for me. And um, knowing that, you know, not only do I have to uh, keep myself sober, you know, um, I don't have to, you know, go back into the the cross addictions that I was doing and um, finding something that is helpful truly to me, uh, meditating and talking to God every day. What I didn't use, I realized all this time, before that was um, using God and trusting God and being with him. And the, the times before that was, okay, that's it, that's all I need in my life. That's all I need is God. That's going to keep me sober. Um, it took me took me years to realize how many relapses I've had, how many times that I went to cross addiction because of that, just because I was saying, just me and God, God's keeping me sober. So what I didn't realize all these years was that wasn't working because, not because I don't trust God, I don't, you know, believe in him. It's because all this time, people that love me and care about me were um, praying for me to get, to get better, that I wasn't using the people that God was sending me. Mm-hmm. Um. Excuse me, God was sending me so much people. God was sending me so much resources. He was sending me people like you, brothers here. You know, eventually, you know, he was sending all these resources and people to me to to find the better help for me to 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 be in this world called Wild Variety. Um, and I wasn't even—I was too stubborn to do that. I was just thinking, no, he's got me when i trip he's going to pick me up when i fall he's going to you know catch me yeah but now i realize i got to keep my mind open to everything that he's sending me and everyone that he's sending me and every uh resource so while Bridie came the running came the therapist came the the realization that codependency is a big part of life that that i have to, to have to work on and deal with you know all that so now I'm open to that, and now I get it. Yeah. Now I truly get it, you know. And I, I, I like being the example to others that that that's what's out there, to not be, not be closed-minded about things that that are there for you, things that are that God is sending you. You know, He don't want you to go to cross addictions. He don't want you to uh, sh- uh, shut out everybody. He don't want you to live alone and. And um be alone with your problems and not talk to anybody, you know. Mm-hmm. He's sending so much so much things, people and places for you to to utilize. And it's really good to open that up and just bring all that in. Mm. Everything. So Man. that's that's that.
0: I think I, I like how you, you um say that. Like a big part of recovery is being accountable. And it's so easy to say that oh, it's just me and God when really it's like what we're saying when we say that is I don't want to be accountable to anybody. Mm. But I think that what did, what did they say? The shirts that we got down here in Phoenix, it says the opposite of addiction is connection. Yep. Right. Not only having that connection, uh, what would that be vertically mm-hmm. so that we can have those relationships horizontally, mm. right? Like being accountable, being saying, Hey man, I'm going through something today. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, For sure. um, yeah, man, I like how you say that. I like I like how you stated that. Not only just your relationship, but also everything that you're doing on the side. Thank you.
3: Yeah, mm. yeah. Thanks for sharing that piece. I know that mm. mm-hmm. you know it wasn't <clears throat> in my own personal walk. It wasn't until like I realized, like like you, it was like these God was sending me these people, and like, oh, okay. Once I realized that, I was like, okay, I, ne- I need to lean on these people. I need to get. These these people are genuinely in my corner, and like I never asked for it. You know what I mean? They just came and they were in my corner, and it was like, oh, okay, cool, man. It would, it's not the people I would ask for. You know, I was like, <laughs> some of them were complete strangers. I'm, I'm not talking about you guys, <laughs> no.
0: But it's kind of like I didn't think I it's ho- like you think it worked? <laughs> ouch! <laughs> oh, man But it is like it it, it is kind of like. God doesn't always give us what we want, Mm. but He gives us what we need. Yeah. Right? At the time that we need it. Because if you're anything like me, we try to move ahead of time Mm. or go back in time. Mm. Right? When really the the thing is like He gave us today. Mm. I ain't even trying to preach. That one's for free. That one's
3: for free.
1: (laughs) <laughs>
3: that's his preaching music <laughs> um, No, thank you for what you shared so far And I think it's great, man And I know that when you started coming around And I started hearing your story What was that? Oh, that's know. a baby Oh, oh I man. thought that was <laughs> one <into> of the buttons, <laughs> so I was
0: like What did I do?
3: I was like, alright, time to leave, let's go We were all going to walk out <laughs> no, together, <laughs> huh? That's our, <laughs> That's our show <laughs> um, No, I'm just saying that you're an inspiration made to me G and I know that you're a busy buddy like myself and so that leads into our next question like what's next, what you got, what you working on what you got coming up that the public can participate in and look forward to
0: and share the good news about yeah <laughs> what's that uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you see his face just yeah <laughs>
4: Yeah, I just got married Saturday. Yeah, come That was a good celebration, you know. Just, just part of part of my life, part of uh, recovery, part of you know everything that um, that that God was uh, you know telling me that was coming. You know, the patience of uh, just living the good life and and taking care of my children, protecting my children, and uh, you know finding that. Finding that good circle and that that good that good, um, you know, it, it is a circle, you know, and uh, you know who was in it and and you know the prayers for for everybody out there that's walking their path, you know, that's, a, that's what the prayers are always at, you know, everyone walking their path that they find that find that hope, find that within them to you know to ask for that help, and in the meantime, it's all it's all it's all I'm doing, and I see you brothers doing, you know, just being that example and being that, um, being loud with your recovery, you know, that's, that's, that's the key for me is just being loud with my recovery Mm. because, um, people see it and, um, you know, some, some, some don't share it, but eventually some do. And some people say, you know, I see you, you know, I see you doing this and I, I see you, I see that you're doing it, you know, recovery looks good on you. You know, you, you hear those words sometimes when you're, when you're out there and because, uh. Not, not everyone's gonna let you know that, but it is known when you're when you're showing your your recovery. Um, so it's just um, from from that point on, and, and just finding my my um, my life on the on the red road. It's you know helping helping others. You know, it's it's not just sobriety as well. You know, it's 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 grief. It's uh, the you know dealing with the grieving process and the healing part. And um, you know, suicide ideation, and you know the things of our past, the, the trauma of our past. You know, bringing those all, all those to you know, to awareness to to the community. You know, I'm really, really strong on on that part of um, just continuing. You know, all these things, and you know, there's you know, we got food for the soul at at the park, uh, South Park, on Fridays. That's been going on for a year and a half now. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just an awesome circle of. Um, People in recovery, the ones that the ones that come and help, um, they they're a lot of them are in early early recovery, and then that just really gives them, you know, something to look forward to every Friday. You know, coming to help and coming, and, whether it's they're helping cooking or cooking or uh, just sitting up, but it's just being around all of us because we know that we are in recovery and we know that other people are coming to come and eat um, that are having their own struggles uh, internally. You know, they're not. Always saying it but a lot of times they ask for those prayers and uh because because they see us as, you know, that we're in recovery and and we do have um you know some some help with some some words, some answers, um some resources, things that they can they can go to, you know. Um so um, just addressing and uh raising awareness for the different things that we're not, you know, that we tend to not take care of. There goes the um, headphones. Mister, <laughs> but uh, just um, you know, just like the run for Jimmy that we just just had, you know, there's a second annual for Suicide Awareness Month and uh, Recovery Month, and, um, and of course we got the the TEDx coming up. That's that's next weekend. You know, that's just uh, that the title for that is um, is uh, People as Medicine. Mm. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be talking about talking on that. But it's just just my continued way of you know my my vows my vows to God to say I'm gonna I want to help others for the rest of my life. Mm, um, that's mm, what I mm. that's what I vowed in um in ceremony, mm. you know, because that's that's how I how I uh, stayed sober too was um going back in the ceremony. So um just just listening to God and um you know not not having any doubts of um things that that may be coming for me or stopping these things you know uh, keeping that faith and um, because in, in the end you know it, it's always it's always a good outcome because we're working we're working for the good you know and um, we're recover warrioring warrioring it <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, what was that hashtag <laughs>
2: <laughs> well we'll have to we'll, we, we'll, when we after we publish we'll listen to this will <laughs> tell we you publish it, I we'll have to
3: rewind yep. there Right on, so you're going to be in TEDx next, Yeah, do no, know, two weeks, right? Like week That's and a half, uh, seven?
4: About a week from now, a week and a half. It's uh, Saturday, October
0: 7th. It's like next Saturday. Yeah, Saturday, nice. October 7th. Yeah. So yeah.
3: that Babcock?
4: Babcock Theater.
3: Um, if people want to go to it, how do they get tickets?
4: Just go to com and um, the tickets are just right there. So com.
3: Okay. Um, okay. People are medicine. Yeah, people as medicine. People as medicine. People as medicine. I know. I was really looking. I wanted to go, but we're gonna be out of town. Can we get a preview? <laughs> I can't. I'm just
0: kidding. I'm just kidding. We're <laughs> <laughs> <This is going laughs> already
3: copyrighted for TEDx. Yeah. We'll, have to, we'll have to pay for that. Did you have to sign off and say you wouldn't give the presentation beforehand?
4: Oh, it was just a little uh, a little contract. Yeah, not not a contract, but just just that agreement that we all that gag we all order, heard.
3: like a no. gag order. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We just you know we can't <laughs> <laughs> right on uh do you got any closing thoughts on recovery or recovery month or anything you got going on? Just some closing words
4: for you um, you know, just uh, reach out you know mm. um, there's everyone's in there you know recovery warriors are everywhere
1: <laughs> yeah
4: yeah we're we're everywhere. Um, it's good to reach out and just uh, join the good life.
3: Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. If you're on that fence about whether or not you're going to walk the red road, go on your recovery journey, um, I just take that first step. Just keep on keeping it simple. It's what I always say.
0: hmm <laughs> <laughs> For the very first time. For the very first time. Right on. on this live episode. <laughs>
3: All right, so thank you G for coming on. We always appreciate course, you coming on. we we'll definitely have you back. Especially, appreciate it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, especially next month if you got some more ghost stories. You got more ghost stories?
4: We can do part two. Um, part, two? Man, right. part two? All right. All right, all right, all
3: right. Scary. So yeah, go back to We're October turnover twenty twenty one. if you want to check out G's ghost stories. The real true ghost stories of G Little Ego. But anyway, thank you for coming on. Let's put our hands together. <laughs> you are off the hot seat, sir. We appreciate you. Yeah. Okay. So right on. Where do I um, exit? Um, exit? Exit stage, stage left. left. On the left. <laughs> right on. So we got our next guest. I don't know. Oh, show brother. Rosalind, are you in the house? At five foot 10 no i'm just kidding <laughs> standing at five foot 10 <laughs> playing point guard
0: point guard
3: for the billings ramblers
0: from the northern cheyenne nation <laughs> <laughs> we need some theme music for like right now
2: some theme music hey
3: oh, yeah. eh? yeah, play some play some of that smooth jazz again Oh, yeah, that's my horse, Karen, wrong everybody. Wrong
2: oh, here you go. How about this? Oh, Where's she at?
3: Where's that?
0: Hey! hey. hey.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you cut it on? It cuts itself off. Oh, okay.
3: Yeah,
0: if you want to. If you want to.
3: I told you. We're used to wearing the headphones, so we always have them on. It's part of the uniform.
0: The unspoken words uniform <laughs> right on
3: Rosalind, so why don 't you tell us a little bit about yourself, just where you where you hail from and where you grew up and all that?
5: so my name is rosalind bigback i 'm Northern Cheyenne from Busby, Montana. I grew up in Busby and I graduated from Northern Cheyenne tribal schools um, I graduated when I was 16 from Northern Cheyenne Tribal School, and oh, it did right. not prepare me for college. <laughs> <laughs> tribal schools can, yeah, tribal schools are way, way different. Mm. Yes, so I'm very, very thankful to be able to have my son here in a billing school. All right, <laughs> oh, right
0: on, right on. The big town of Busby.
5: The big town of Busby. Awesome. Yes. I used to live in Busby. (laughs) (laughs) I did? Did you really? Yeah. And this guy lived everywhere. You were probably just shacked up there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I was in kindergarten, so maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Might have been the first one. (laughs) I I went to kindergarten there. My dad was our teacher at Busby High School. Must be egos. Uh, the art teacher. Yeah.
5: Really, that had to be a long time ago because that art teacher that's been there been there for like 30, 40 years. It was a long we're, time ago. I we ain't we trying to date wanna, myself, yeah, but yeah, we we're trying to
3: date ago. him. But yeah, he's, he's our elder here. Were you born like
5: fifties? <laughs> anyway, so nineteen <laughs> <the> hundreds. <laughs> <1900s?
3: laughs> you were saying
5: <laughs> was the boarding school nineteen hundreds? <laughs> that
2: what you said? He's <laughs> the, the first <laughs> class at the boarding school. <laughs> <laughs> class <of> fifty five hey.
1: <laughs>
3: right on oh. so, um no, so right on um so if you could kind of go into um just kind of paint that picture for us and our audience and our listeners as well, just like what that looked like for your rock bottom, you know the events leading up to that, mm. and just kind of your thought process like kind of what you would help you realize, like, oh, man, I got a problem. I better do something.
5: So I, September 21st of this year, I've been um, uh, off methamphetamine, off the needle for nine years. Awesome. Um, Come on. Uh, hey. Uh, hey. Um, <laughs> um, I was in my addiction for a little over seven years, and I remember at a point, Thinking that nobody—I don't know nobody that ever got off the needle. Mm. You know, this is what I'm gonna be. This is, um, this is life. I might as well just roll with it and go hard. Mm. And unlike other people in their addiction, I never had no. You know, right now I'm an addictions counselor, and I—I yeah, yeah. I see a lot of people having their highs and their lows, and um, and I—I I hate to explain it like this, but I thoroughly enjoyed it out there. Like I went so hard and I was all about the money and I was all about the drugs and there was nothing that stopped me from getting money and getting drugs. Mm. It was completely um it was a it was exciting for me and it was such a drive for me. Um but there were points when I did realize like man if I went this hard for something productive mm. and something that means something, you know, um that I could actually do something with my life. Yeah. Um, but but it, the excitement of it was so intensified that um, I couldn't pull myself away. And so um, I I didn't have really any lows down there. I meant um, any lows that I did have, I de- definitely would turn them around right away, right away. But I think for one of my, what led up to my rock bottom was when I started realizing that Billings was too small for me, and I started putting myself in dangerous situations, Mm. I started, um, there wasn't enough money here in Billings. There wasn't enough drugs here in Billings. I knew everybody here in Billings. I didn't trust nobody here in Billings. And so I started going out of state, and I started uh, over in the Bakken. There was a lot of money. There was a lot of um, drugs. Um, And I met this girl from Arizona, and she said, let's go. And so we made a trip to... Washington, and we got all the drugs we could, all kinds of drugs, and any drug you could think of, and we went to North Dakota. And I remember being in North Dakota, and I remember looking around, you know, going to Walmart, going out to eat, going to, um, you know, the liquor store, going all these places, and there were no females. And then the more months that we stayed there, um, you know, I couldn't even tell you guys the type of dangerous situations that I put myself in you know, obviously, you know, um, two females. You know, we had to, um, you know, carry, you know, little twenty twos or you know knives and all this stuff. But you know, sometimes that those weren't enough. And you know, when you think about, you know, after that, the missing and murdered Indigenous, you know, stuff started coming up. And I think about all of the dangerous situations that I put myself in. You know, I meant having a gun held to me, you know, in the middle of a field, you know, by somebody that I, you know, sold drugs to and that they didn't pay me. And so I was thought I was going to rob them, but then they, you know, just these crazy situations and, um, thankfully, thankfully, you know, I, I made it back to Billings, you know, um, in one piece. Uh, but I was going back and forth from the Bakken to here and, um, Somehow, somehow, got pregnant, and um, <laughs> somehow, <laughs> somehow, funny how that works. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I, um, I qu- quit using, and I, I felt like that's like you know when I really. I was out there for over seven years and I never, I wasn't, I caught plenty, plenty, plenty misdemeanors. I never caught no felonies. But within those six months, five months that I wasn't using and I found out I was pregnant, I caught seven felonies. Wow. I, yeah. And so I was on my way back from uh, North Dakota and I got pulled over and I, I, yeah, I was just slipping up and I got, yeah, and then I got to Billings and I caught more drug charges like within the next month because I was still trying to hustle and I wasn't using and it was just a bad combination. But um as I sat in jail here in Billings, I you know, I knew so many ladies out here that still put a needle in their arm and they were pregnant. Mm. And then and they go to the hospital and then they come back out in the streets like nothing. And I didn't wanna do that. And then I was also kicking myself because how am I going to have a baby and I don't even take care of my other kids, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I, it was just so much guilt and so much um, shame, mm-hmm. and so I, I sat in jail and um, I was like, okay, you know, I, I don't want to have this baby in jail. I'm looking at a lot of lot of charges, and I went to the judge and first. Some, you know, obviously, um, God. You know, after that, I, I, God opened so many doors, but I, I feel like this is one of them. Um, I got OR'd. I got OR'd. Uh, they let me out, um, and I, I was like, okay, I need to do something, and so I contacted um, Mountain Ministries up in Oregon, and I went up to um, I went up to Oregon and and I'm not going to lie, on my way up there, I stopped in Spokane, I stopped in Olympia, and I was looking at adoption agencies, I was looking at, you know, because, like I said, I had so much guilt, like, I I don't take care of my other kids, how am I going to take care of this kid, you know, I, I don't, um, I, I, I don't know if I can quit my addiction after I have this kid, I don't know, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, but I got to this program, um, Mountain Ministries, and I, I've been there before, I was there for a month, and Stayed there for a month. It's a year program. I stayed there for a month, and I thought I could handle it. And I left right away. But I got to this program in September 2014. I had my son in December 2014. By time, three months in, pro- or probably like five months in, heroin was really bad over there. And so I started helping the ladies that were coming in. Um, I started doing the intake with them. I started, um, you know, just kind of telling them about the program, kind of being compassionate with them, and I, so I feel like that's kind of like where my my knack for helping people kind of came in. And I was like, mm. okay, I can do this. You know, I, I I I like doing this. I I can, you know, I I I feel like one of my strengths is compassion, mm. but that definitely was my rock bottom was in it. It's not necessarily that it was my rock bottom, you know, becoming pregnant, but it definitely was a turning point.
3: Oh yeah, definitely. I can relate to that. Like I wasn't even using anymore on my rock bottom. It was like I was in day treatment and like, I got to be home on Sundays and like, I was just playing with my kids. I was like, I could have been doing this. Mm -hmm. And then in that moment I felt like the biggest piece of shit ever
0: yeah, and definitely. I couldn't stop crying.
3: Show. And I couldn't stop crying. That was my rock bottom and I was already I was already at treatment. So you can totally relate with that.
2: Yeah, that's I mean, that's a powerful story so far. I mean, it's just it's crazy what you know what, what we put ourselves through when we're out there using, you know, running and gunning as they say. And I, you know, I I'd be the first one to tell you that it's a miracle that I'm sitting here right now honestly because all the shit that i put myself through it's like what but
5: um, it's because we have a purpose yeah mm-hmm. and,
2: and you know and we we talk about this all the time too like man i'll just be laying there in bed and i'm just about to fall asleep and something will hit my mind and i'm like this just, just makes me cringe mm. you know like holy cow
5: yeah the memories yeah, like they yeah. randomly come sometimes mm-hmm. and you're like oh my gosh like i could have freaking died in that yeah, moment
2: exactly mm-hmm. so anyway so um what resources did you utilize to help you uh, make a change?
5: So I was looking at this question, and you, and I've said this probably about a few months ago, because of the position that I'm in and because of, you know, um, what I do now. All of the seven years that I was in my addiction, every all of the 20-something times I've been to Yellowstone County Jail, all of the times that I've been to Billings Clinic for overdoses, all of the times that I've freaking um, had run-ins with the freaking uh, federal marshals, all ain't nobody ever offered me any resources here in Billings. Mm. Mm. Never. That's crazy. It is it is and i meant like it's such a blessing now because there's peer support in the jail there's you know the um your hot team there's you know um obviously you know billings urban indian click native american empowerment project the rimrock has so many different resources there's so many people that are out on the ground right now that are doing things um. and it's it's so amazing it's so amazing but when i when i was out there i'm like man nobody ever offered me anything when i was out there mm. nobody ever said oh man rosalind this is your fourth time here having an overdose <laughs> um, you know can we help you they just nope sent me right out the clinic you ain't got no insurance bye
0: <laughs> no it, it, i think you hit an important topic there because we didn't have those, and, and one thing that I really caught was, like, all of our sobriety birthdays are really almost, like, even including, G, mm-hmm. right? Like, they're really about 2013, 2014. Mm-hmm. So we have that same, like, that amount of time, but there were literally no resources out there. Mm-hmm. Like, I never had nobody. The only thing that we had when we were locked up was AA, and that was, like, once a week, I think. I can't remember. But, yeah, we didn't really have those types of resources that we have today. Now – we can't hardly go outside without running into a helper.
5: Yeah, and mm-hmm. I remember hearing about treatment court when I was locked up, but it was more of a um, like a condemnation, like it was more yeah. of a um, uh, like ve- very viewed in a negative light. Oh, you're not going
0: to listen? We'll just throw you in drug court. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
5: And, and you're not going to make it. So then you're just going to be back right in here. Yeah, like yeah. it was very much of a, a systematic um, yeah. cycle. No,
0: absolutely, and I think you also hit an important thing for the people that are listening. A lot of times, people don't come into recovery because they want to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I say that, like, I, I would say, like, the reason why I go so hard is because I didn't come in willingly. Yep. It was fun. But at the end of the day, like, a few months into my recovery, I'm like, okay, we can do this. Life is better. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, just seeing that natural, that, that steady progression of, of life getting better. So I think... And thank you for sharing that part.
5: Yes, yes, that's very important because times have changed and we are out there on the streets trying to help. Yes.
0: No, but but I think about, like, your history, the story that you're telling. um, Today, like, what's something that drives you? I know you've touched on your son. I know you've touched on other things, but, like, what's your hope for today?
5: So my hope for today... I guess the question is, is what gives you hope. And yes. um, so today today we had a start. At, so I sit on eight different start, uh, drug court teams. I love them. I, I, I really, really do. We really represent um, the Native American population, and we really advocate for the Native Americans to be in these drug courts. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but also the non-Natives love working with us because we're very thorough, we're very compassionate, and we, we help them from the beginning to the end. Um, but today we had a star court graduation. We had four star court uh graduates i worked with all of them i've been with them since um since i've been with native american empowerment project and so the last 18 months and um uh, i cry at every graduation because it's (laughs) so amazing it's so amazing just to hear their story their resistance their um Their obstacles that they've been through, that everything that they have accomplished is just to get to where they are, to have stable housing, to have employment, to have goals and hopes and dreams. Those, that's what gives me hope. I, I love seeing my participants succeed I love seeing that mm. that is just so amazing and then I'm like crying leaving the courthouse and then um a, a car I see a, car, a white car drive by and then they're like honking at honking but I just keep walking and then that car screeches and I see it park and then Somebody comes running up to me. She's like, Rosalind, I got my driver's license. And like, we've been working so hard for that. And like, so then I'm crying more and I just give her a hug. And so mm. it's, you know, cause that's a huge accomplishment. I mean, I didn't get my driver's license till I was like 30 something. Yeah. And so she's like almost, you know, 40 and just now getting her driver's license. Like, that is a huge accomplishment because not only coming from the res, but also thinking like man that's not you know i have all these tickets i have all this stuff all this shame i'm never going to get it you know i heard they run for warrants there <laughs> right <laughs> i go there <laughs> No, it's crazy though because i
0: never got my license i was like 36 exactly.
5: you know like 3 4
0: years ago Just when i got my yeah exactly
5: mm. because it seemed like a huge a huge huge far away task that you could never complete right for some
0: of us it's like finishing college Yeah. Right? Because I got stopped so many times for going. Like, that's what I used to go to jail for, huh, mom? Like, was like, (laughs) man, they would see see me. Like, driving. I remember driving out to Lockwood one time, and the cop just got behind me. He's like, oh, I just ran your plates. I recognized you from, exactly. I'm like, dang. Exactly.
5: Yeah. And so, yeah, so.
0: And yeah. then nowadays I see people with high bonds get let go.
5: Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But they, <laughs> no. The, the, <laughs> they, yeah, definitely those traffic violations, they add up. And so it yep. seems like a very, very far out task that they can't complete. And so for her to complete that, like I, stuff like that gives me hope. Seeing my participants succeed and reach their goals gives me hope. Awesome.
3: Man, that's cool. And thank you for sharing what you have so far up to this point. And I'm just wondering, like, <clears throat> what's next? What are you working on? Uh, or what do you hope to accomplish, you know, as far as, like, personally or even with your Native Empowerment Project, right? Yes. Okay, so yes. What, are, what are you guys shooting for there? And then, like, personally, <clears throat> like, in your own walk on the Red Road, what, what are you hoping to accomplish?
5: So I'll just touch on a little bit. So we do do Food for the Soul every Friday. And Goldstein touched on, yes, we do feed people. Mm-hmm. But the main thing is, you know, we bring the resources And we build that relationship with them. We have so many people. When he had his uh, run for Jimmy, um, we had so many people from Food for the Soul, so many um, uh, transients, so many uh, people that are on the streets show up. And I thought that was so amazing because it's getting them involved and it's making them feel important and it's making them feel valued, you know, that they they can be involved in stuff like that. Um, And then um, I, I... So... I'm on Native American Empowerment Project. Um, it's me, Michaela Weaselboy, and Anthony Willis. And we, um, it was a 16-month COVID grant, and we created it into, we branded it Native American Empowerment Project, but we want it to be its own entity, um, Native American Empowerment Program. We are connected to Billings Urban Indian Clinic, and basically we sit with them, we do a needs assessment, and based off their needs, we help them. It's anything from medical to hygiene to um, transportation to um, and anything that you can think of. It, fill in the gaps. Because when I was a licensed, when I was a LAC and I sat in the office, I got to see them for one hour a day. If they didn't show up, most of them were CPS ordered, most of them were court ordered. If they didn't show up, I got my feelings hurt. Uh-huh. <laughs> like oh my gosh Mm -hmm. what am i doing wrong what you know how am i not you know um and you know but it was all these barriers that they had it was transportation it was childcare. it was domestic violence it was um you know they didn't have any food in their fridge they didn't have um you know all of these different things and so now to be able to be on the other side and to be able to say how can i help you to make sure you get to your appointments You know, how can I make sure that you're completing your treatment plans? How can I make sure that you're, um, you know, you're meeting all the requirements from probation and parole? How, you know, anything. um, And so that is just so amazing. We are able to provide bus passes, application to apartment fees, um, gas cards. um,
0: I know you've helped out a lot of my clients with like a phone, right? Like something as basic as like a card or something? Um, or was that like a bus ticket?
5: We don't do phones, I, 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 um, but we do, we do do Walmart cards. Yeah, I think it was a Walmart card. Yeah, yeah. we do do Walmart cards. We do have uh, hygiene products in our office. Um, a lot, but the thing about our program is, and I want to be very um, firm in this, is we, it's not just a handout. You can't just come in and say, hey, I need a bus pass, or mm. hey, I need, of course, we'll help with hygiene and stuff like that. But we want, so we do an empowerment plan and we write down some goals. And as long as you're working towards those goals, we'll do our best to help you. We are going to meet you halfway. We're not going to ever work harder than you. But as mm-hmm. long as you're working mm-hmm. to meet these goals, we're going to help you. And so that's, the, that's what our program is, is Native American Empowerment Project. We want to empower you. And, mm-hmm. and as long as you're working, we're going to be right there beside you. And
0: in other words, have some skin in the game.
5: Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but also, um, we do sit on eight different treatment court teams. Um, my favorite is Star Court and Equal Court. Um, it's so amazing to sit on these teams. Um, we help advocate for the Native Americans. We help, um, you know, a lot of them don't understand, you know, sitting in the courtroom with judges and lawyers and prosecutors and, um, you know, guardian and litems, you know, they don't understand what's being told to them. And so we're there to help them to understand that. We're there to help make sure that they, they know what's going on, that they know their rights, that they, um, that they know their treatment plan, and they know what they're supposed to do.
0: It's needed in our community. I remember going to CPS, and one of the ladies was like, oh, I know you just came back from treatment. You're on your six-month high, but, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, but just being
3: you know, all derogatory. Yeah, yeah,
0: just like, oh, you came back from treatment. I know you're on this high, but that doesn't prove nothing to us. You know, and at that time, we needed that type of representation. Yes, and so mm-hmm. it
5: it definitely makes a difference of us just saying, hey, we're helping so-and-so, or, yeah. hey, you know, we're, we're, we're going to sit in on a meeting with them. It it definitely closes those gaps, and it, it helps them to know that they do have people on their side, and they're not just going to, um, you know, a lot of, and then if they don't understand, they're not going to follow through. Yeah. So they mm-hmm. need to understand.
0: It, it's crazy, though, like, just having a solid voice in your corner, because I remember um, a year into my sobriety, I was trying to get wick, mm-hmm. and the lady kind of laughed at me and just kind of dismissed me. And all it took was for somebody to tell them, like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm working with him. Yep. Like, oh, yeah, send them to the office. I'm yep. Like, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we need to We deal like with that every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, man. You know, but, yeah. yeah, thank you for all the work that you do. Yes.
1: Right
3: on. And I really appreciate the piece of your program where it's, like, accountability. Yes. You know, for the clients. And it's not a handout, but they have to put in the work. And that you guys aren't going to work harder than them. I think that's huge. That's... That's exactly what they need. As I know, that's exactly, like, what I needed. Yeah. You know, I had it, I had to have people hold me accountable um, for what I was doing and on my walk on the Red Road and even now, continuously.
5: So also part of our needs assessment is helping them get connected to their cultural and traditional values. So mm-hmm. if they identify that, you know, in the past, you know, they've beaded or they've made, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've done dry meat cutting classes, we've done beading classes, we've done um Uh, jingle dress dancing classes um and and if they want to facilitate those and take ownership of it that also helps them in their recovery um so a lot of the treatment court participants they have volunteer or the community service activities Mm -hmm. and so that's where a lot of um stuff that we're able to do facilitate help them facilitate um helps them in their recovery it gives them ownership and it gives them that identity to say hey i I can do this, you know.
2: Exactly, and there's there's a lot to be said about you know service work because you know anybody can do it. Like anybody, you, you think, well, I I can't do those things. I won't ever be able to do those things. But at the same time, you know, you, you just step out and you start doing it, and then you, you know, like just listening to you and all the things, the things that you're doing is it's amazing. Like what what difference you can make. But you you know, but like you said, you got to put in that work that's not always easy but it's worth it Mm
5: -hmm. no that's a very very common misconception is that you know we have so many people come in and say oh i have felonies oh i can't you know apply for food stamps oh i have felonies i can't apply for that job and you know michaela's quick to tell them all the time you know there's people in this office right here that have felonies and they are succeeding and they're you know getting things done and so you know it took a lot to get where i am um but it's very, very much possible. And we will stand by any person who wants to push through and wants to get something done, because it is very possible.
0: I think, yeah, no, that's awesome, the empowerment piece, because I think one thing that we can't never do with people that are struggling is rob them from the gift of desperation. Mm-hmm. Because when you're desperate, right, like desperate for whether it be a high or a resource that we need, like nothing will ever stop us. I always like to tell addicts, like, hey, you already have the heart of a champion. Mm -hmm. Because nothing ever stopped you from getting what you wanted. It never stopped you from getting your fix.
1: Exactly. But we just have
0: to, you know, but we flip that. You know, do a 180 in recovery, and we go just as hard in recovery. Yeah.
5: Just have to figure out how to deal with the obstacles in a different way.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Gain those new healthy coping skills. (laughs) Um." No, I want to thank you for coming on and answering our questions and providing the information that you did. I think you guys are doing an amazing job over there at Buick and with your guys' program and the treatment courts and everything. Uh, you're officially off the hot seat, but do you have any like closing words or anything you just want our listeners to know or you know, just want to shed light on anything like that?
5: Um, I really appreciated how you touched on earlier. when. So we have a Judge Harris. He talks about the Rat Park, which I do not like being called like rats but he does talk about the rat park and and it's being the opposite of addiction is connection Mm -hmm. and that's huge because he talks about the he talks about the rats being um, addicted to cocaine and then they did a study like 20 years later and then they put the cocaine and and all these other activities in that same park and the rats didn't go to the cocaine they went and they did the activities and so he always talks about, you know, as long as we're connected to the activities and as long as we're connected to community and has have those connections that we can be abstinent and we can sh- succeed in our recovery. And so I feel like that's always, always super, super important is just being connected. Oh, thank,
3: well, thank you for coming. Let's put our hands thank together. Thank guys. guys. Thank you for coming. Hey, on.
2: love that shirt, by the way. Says, res girls can do anything. Oh,
3: for sure, we'll definitely have you back as a co-host and shed some more light on some other topics. But um, at this time, we'd like to call up our a little, uh, final guests. Not, um, oh my mind going blank. But anyway, final guests, Feline White Man. Please make your way to the stage at this time. Yeah. Uh
2: She's legendary
3: Got her her fan club in the house And um Let's go Yeah I've been knowing Feline for a while now We um We launched that uh Talking circle and still running today Um and everything like that And I know you're LAC Still working in that area Um but I want to Let's um Let's start with, like, where'd you grow up, and, like, who'd you grow up with, and what did that look like?
6: Uh, So, originally, I'm from Lame Deer, Montana, Eastern Montana, from the Northern Cheyenne Tribe. So, I grew up on a res, res kid. Um, And then, uh, probably around into my addiction, that's when I ended up here.
3: Mm. Right on, right on. Um, So, tell us about, like, the events that were... Leading up to, like, um, your rock bottom and, like, what was the thought processes, like, that led up to, like, to the point where, like, man, I need to go get help. Like, I'm done with this. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired.
6: You know, the common denominator to this, um, all my events that that led up to my rock bottom was um, shame. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of shame um, growing up. Just, you know, being different having that uh, internal dialogue of, I'm not good enough. Mm. Um, I'm the youngest of eight um, siblings um, to the late Florence and Philip Whiteman Sr. Um, my mom and dad were pretty um, prominent in their in their community, and I didn't want to tarnish you know, the, the family name. Um, so <clears throat> a lot of shame, a lot of shame for being different. Um, I never did felt like i fit in anywhere uh, school um you name it i just was the outsider looking in I was the wallflower in high school yeah and um so just based on that um when i started drinking uh that really brought me out of my shell um so and it just took off it just took off um it you, just can, took off you can adjust it. that. Oh, okay. That. Yeah, to the right.
2: Okay, yeah. Move it around a little bit. Get comfortable.
6: Okay, there you go. So it it just it spread like wildfire from there, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't realize it just how fast it progressed. Um, so my rock bottom is when I when when I heard the question, and my rock bottom was it was winter. I was laying on a crate in the back of the tire station in downtown Billings. Um, I had a bottle underneath me. I remember looking up and there was um, there was a, a light there and I was watching a snowfall and I couldn't believe that that's where I was. Mm. Um, just for a small moment that's where I ended up. Um, but I had my bottle and um, just I guess that was my rock bottom. You know, and and just really coming to and different places like the crisis center, um, the ER. Um, I th- and I, there was another time when I was at the uh, Rimrock Foundation. I was in the detox place and I was seeing things. I was hallucinating, thinking what is going on. How did I get here?
2: So <clears throat> what, re- what resources did you utilize to help yourself make that change?
6: You know, early on when I was homeless, um, I did, because I got into a lot of pro- uh, uh, trouble, so I s- ended up in Yellowstone County Jail a lot. Um, the homeless shelter, being court-ordered to the homeless shelter, uh, the drug courts did reach out to me um, several times. I um, was never really successful in drug court. Um, I did make it nine months one time, and turned my nine-month coin in for a beer. No. Um So there, there is resources out there. Um, I was really fortunate for the resources that were there at the time. Um, Mental Health Center um, is where I was able to get my medications. Um, I was undiagnosed on PTSD, anxiety, depression. Um, There was just a lot of things going on that I wasn't even aware of at the time because I didn't know how to stop drinking. I didn't know how people could do that. I just had no idea
2: yeah and like so like the resources you did have then you you made the most of them early on
6: yes yes i I stayed plugged in um although I relapsed i, I mean I was yeah. a chronic relapser um I just didn't follow through i was a lot was driving was the anger I had a lot of unresolved anger towards um, some family members, um just my whole situation um i didn't know how to grieve the loss of my parents loss of my nephew um, i didn't know how to grieve i just i really struggled with that and i and i swam at the bottom of the bottle for years and that was my coping skill
0: you going <laughs> no but uh no i thought you were going to follow up i <laughs> thought you were going to say something, but no, thank you for sharing that part of like, you know, your your history, like where you came from, uh, the resources that you utilized, the things that kept you sober early on. Um, my question would be like, well, first of all, thank you for just being transparent. Um, I follow you on social media and sometimes your story, like the things that you post are really it's like, man, hey, I identify with that. Hey, man, I'm struggling with that. You know what I mean? So thank you for that. But also like today, like what do you like where do you find your hope for today?
6: My hope today is really um, learning to love me. Like I've never, um, I knew how to love other people. I knew how to love things around me, my kids, my family. But I didn't know how to love me. Um, once I started to really get in touch with a power greater than myself, which yeah. I call the creator, that really opened a lot of doors for me. Um, Really helped me. If I'm not God-centered, then um, I'm self-centered. Yeah. And so that really, really helped me. Um, so today, um, I, I still, I have my struggles. Yeah. You know, I do. I, I still. Um, G was talking earlier about cross-addiction with food. You know, um, I have a lot of stress. Sometimes I,
5: I say things and do things that I
6: regret later. But I really work on that. Yeah. And like I work on myself all the time have to really take a look at myself and say, you know, what can I change really in me? And that's where I learned from the program of Alcoholics Anonymous literally saved my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my hope was um, that who's ever out there listening, who's ever struggling with addiction and alcoholism, that there is hope out there. There's resources that we can literally reach out to. Um, and don't give up. Yeah, you know, they they talk about principles before personalities. I mean, we really seriously have to literally get on our knees and ask for help. Um, mm-hmm. The Creator can do amazing things in our lives.
2: That's yeah. I, I like what you said about you know loving yourself. You know, love other people, but not love yourself. And and I know that 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 scares me. Like I mean, I'm sketched out about a lot of things anyway. <laughs> Because I got anxieties too, and uh, it's it's just an amazing thing to you know hear other people say that. See, like uh, I mean, life is still life, right? And that's just the way it's always going to be. But at the same time, to work on yourself every day and to recognize those things and to make an active effort to address that—that's that's that's, uh, it's just an awesome example.
0: I think you touched on an important part, like taking care of our mental health. And, and, you know, like, because when I know, like, for me, before I started working on it, like, I became angry, you know, mean, saying things that I felt but probably should have never said. But, like, once I started addressing my mental health, I started realizing, like, man, it's really, the problem is me. No, so I have to be intentional in my healing. Right. If I heal, then it's better for everybody else. And the thing that I found out is there's not so much conflict, which is crazy. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you know, my favorite thing to do is like sit in my house and not do anything. Right. I just love that stillness. Some people mm-hmm. call it boredom, boring. But I paid a heavy price for that piece. Mm-hmm. Boredom is a choice. So thank you for being transparent, because it's like, man, like, I draw so much strength from you. Thank you.
6: Thank you.
3: Yeah, I think you guys are touching on something that just brought to mind, like, that drama or that stress or that, you know, just kind of chaos that happens, you know, and and I was probably about 18 months in recovery and about two years, 18 months, and I was like, man, things are going good, things are going well. I was like, oh, okay, that, that, that chaos, that that um that drama's coming. It's gonna come. I know it. I know it for a fact. It always does. That's how I was thinking and so I was waiting for it. I was anticipating it. But it never came. You know, days went by, weeks went by, months went by, and it never came because I wasn't causing it anymore. Hmm. And I was like, oh. You mean to tell me I caused all that? <laughs> I caused all that drama? Yeah. Hey, uh, you know, that was uh Huge realization for me. My mind was blown.
0: If you didn't say no, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I,
3: I get that too. I mean,
2: that that chaos, chaos never comes. But at the same time, man, I'll I'll make something up in my own mind and then say hurt your feelings. Yeah, I hurt my own feelings. You know, I just make it up like I don't even know where that comes from. And, and so, but to like be in peace, and that's what I've been looking for—is just to because he's always saying it. Like, have a relationship with your higher power, like a relationship. and I never really quite got that for the longest time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, to activate that and work towards that, I think, is really beneficial.
3: Oh, definitely. And I think that loving yourself piece is something that, um, once we get to the red road, then we start learning things and, like, starting to speak well of ourselves, to ourselves, not being so judgmental, and then these character defects, you know, I struggle from the same one that I was never good enough, and it was just like, I still combat that today, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a real thing that I gotta, sometimes it's the, on the daily, I gotta tell myself, I am worthy, I am loved, I am good enough, I'm good enough to do this podcast, I'm good enough to be JC and Feline's friend and Randy's friend, um, tell myself these things, you know, because it's real, it's so deeply rooted in me. Yeah, why are you looking at me, hey, man. Oh, I didn't ask for a hug. I, I, I just said you were my friend. <laughs> I thought that's <laughs> what we were doing. Bro, I thought that was a hugging moment. <laughs> just because
2: my Why'd you away hugs. from me <laughs> <laughs> when I, no, I'm just Do
3: you have some tissues over
5: there? <laughs> <laughs> Group hug.
6: Yeah.
3: Oh. All right. So, um, so what's next for Feline? Like, what are you working on? What do you hope to accomplish? What's what's happening?
6: Uh, so right now I'm. I'm a full-time LAC over at uh, South Central Regional Mental Health Center. Right. I run the Journey Recovery, um, help run the Journey Recovery program there. Um, I work full-time, but there's still some time. I make time for, um, to go to the gym. Planet Fitness is amazing for me. does some amazing things for my mental health. Um, I would like to go back to college. Um, I want to do my master's program. Come on! Yes, I am gonna do it. Take the leap. Um, I know. And but there is a dream of mine, um, a vision. I do have a vision um, in the future. I would like to really sit down and get just draw a drawing board. Just I would like to open a um, a inpatient and outpatient sober living facility Mm. that is culturally centered. Yes. Mm-hmm. With um, a holistic approach to healing, horticulture, um, you know, just things that we can get back to our culture. Um, that's really been part of my huge part of my work when we say we meet people right where they're at. Mm-hmm. That's thing because we're broken. Mm-hmm. You know, when, we're, when we're out there, when we're drinking and we're drugging, and we're broken. There's parts of us that are missing. And I always tell my clients, those that didn't grow up on a reservation, you're still native. Like, it's in our DNA. Mm -hmm. This this stuff's been studied. It's evidence. And um, if we can heal those parts of us, um, it's just real simple. I mean, we like to complicate things. But if we keep it really simple with the mental, emotional, physical, the spiritual part of our being, um, it does wonders. And it does absolute wonders for my non-native clients. And they really take to it too. Yeah. Um, so that's that's my vision. My vision is to really, and I can't do this alone. There's no I in team. Mm.
1: Um,
6: there's all the co- collaboration that needs to happen. Um, everybody's got something that they can bring to the table. Mm-hmm. There's something that you might know, Randy, or, you know, with Josiah. And, um, you guys might know something that I don't you guys can bring that to the table because that's what it takes. That's how we survived on the plains for years and years and years um, is we helped each other. We come from a familial society, a tribal society, um, and we have to work together. And I am really don't see a whole lot of that um, in the community, but when I do see it, Some amazing things happen just, Mm. like, right this moment. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Rocky Mountain Tribal Leaders, for for helping host this. Mm -hmm. This is amazing, um, getting the message out. It's always um, amazing work when Natives come together.
2: Definitely, yeah. I like that, you know, when you were saying the culture, because that was a huge part for me. Like, my recovery, like, my foundation was based on that spirituality and then getting back into that the cultural side because that's how I was raised but you know drinking and using those two things can't exist in the same space and so one's got to go and when I picked you know when I went back to really you know um, the everything from smudging to even fasting like going up to the mountains and fasting and that that kind of thing like it it just that connection that, that, Like you said, it's who we are. That's exactly who we are. It's in our DNA, and there's no reason why we should deny it.
6: Yes, we are the people. Yep. In, in my um, Northern Shire language, we call it histania. We are the people. There is no barriers. There should be no barriers. We should all work, be able to work together. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, definitely, and I think we have to get out of that. Um this is our program, this is what we offer, and, like, that siloedness.
0: Stop being in the silo.
3: Yeah, and to be like, this is what we offer for you, not this is what this organization, that organization offers. It's like, this is what we offer.
6: Yeah, and it brings you back to your other question, the resources in mm-hmm. the community. I mean, if I hadn't have the resources in the community that I, that I went through that helped me um, early on, I don't know how I could have done it. Yeah. I don't know how I would have been able to make it through that because I really struggled.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think you're onto something, though, with the culture piece, right? Like, and one thing unique about Native Americans is that God has given us a language, right, like, and, and to, be, like, to do what we can to earn. Uh, but the reason why I say that is, like, I was in another conversation earlier in the week where the lady had stated what they did on a Nez Perce reservation was introduce the language back into their curriculum, and what that did when the students started learning their language was it dropped the suicide rates by 75%. Mm. Mm. You know? Yep. But that's the power of like, that's that's our identity, is like, that's having that tongue, you know?
6: Yes. Yeah. Mm. So. And it's all over uh, yep. North America, Canada. I, I was really blessed recently, um, my brother, Philip Whiteman Jr., invited me to do a presentation. Um, at the for the Shoshone Paiute Tribe in Nevada, yeah. and I remember we had to do some presentations for a lot of the people in their community, and one of the presentations was before the high school students. Um, before we went in, they they kind of warned us that, you know, they had a really high suicide rate, mm-hmm. and one thing I noticed um, was brought to my attention when we were walking into the the auditorium, and there was a there was just a bleachers full of teenagers is they all were black. Mm-hmm. It was the, the color black, and it was just... And apparently, it had been going on for a long time. Um, so when I did address the high school students and get them involved and just talked about my story, shared my shame, mm-hmm. and kind of where I was when I was a teenager, you know, I was really fortunate to graduate from high school. To what I was really fortunate. Yeah. Um, not that I was... Because of the shame part, I, I thought that I, I wasn't smart enough. Mm. And so I just addressed, the, addressed that to them. I shared my story. And then when I was done, I had a really good, warm reception from the high school. And so I think we if we can carry that message. And so that's one of my dreams is to... And I've, and I've done it a couple times as a motivational speaker, presenter. Um, I am working on a website. Um, Billings First Church is amazing. Um, and, and just helping me, um, other organizations and buildings, um, I mean, I don't have, a, like, a preference of, of people because they're all important. Yeah. Everybody's important here. Oh, in yeah. Like, all the organizations are important, and they all help me. Every time I sit down with somebody like this, I hear some pretty amazing things, and it just really drives me. It gives me that drive yeah. to want to carry the message and want to be there to help Um to be really humble about it, because I was there, that was me, and yeah. what could have helped me when I really needed help, I just needed somebody to listen to me.
0: Yes, I know, and it's good, man, yeah, we're gonna, but man, carry that authenticity, man, that's really like, it, it's amazing, Thank because you. it speaks, you know, so. Man, keep keep carrying that.
6: I will. Thank you.
3: Yeah, and I really got, like, excited when I seen your post that you're, you know, going to move forward on that and create your own, like, you know, consulting business and stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, right on. People need to hear what you got to say. Yeah, Definitely.
0: You. What What's the name of your business?
6: I'm not, I haven't gotten that far yet. I'm, okay. I'm It has to do with resiliency um, and the, a path, a road, and just around resiliency. So I'll think of something. I'll pray on it.
0: Yeah, come on. I know. Good stuff.
2: Tough like dry meat. (laughs) (laughs) Or that could be a slogan.
0: Dry meat resiliency.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. No. I'm just spitballing here. I'm trying to help you
6: out.
3: (laughs) Well, we appreciate you. We thank you for coming on. Um, Definitely. Definitely off the hot seat, is there any kind of closing words or closing thoughts that you have that you just want to get it out there to our listeners?
6: Um, the Well Variety movement is amazing. Yes. Amazing. I would never met you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're like a brother to me. You guys are all like brothers to me. Um, it brought a lot of people who wouldn't normally mix. Mm-hmm. And we do some amazing things in the community. Um, we still do have the talking circles um, at Billings First Church. Um, We kind of stood back, Mm -hmm. um, but they're still going. Um, And just the whole codependency piece, um, G does the codependency on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a family disease, Mm -hmm. and I think we can treat everybody um, just for the support. We're not going to save everybody. We're just there to support. We're just part of the solution.
1: Mm -hmm. Right.
2: So, yeah, I just got to say thank you for coming on tonight and you know i told you this before i think is that every time i listen to you i learn something i always get something out of it and i you know um listening you know when you say be a motivational speaker it's like that's that's something i like i i, I like to do too you know when because when i'm talking to somebody and i'm trying to give them you know that experience strength and hope it's like i'm telling myself oh yeah at the same it's, time like it, i gotta i gotta Got to give it away, and you can give it, get it right back. And so, you know, you've always been inspirational to me. Thank you. I just want you to know that because I remember your story. You know, and I've known you for a couple of years, maybe not as long as this guy, but like every time I talk to you, it's it's. I'm not going to use that word. To, to that <laughs> <day>. <laughs> hey,
0: you don't want us to sing. We got a live studio audience. We want
2: to sing. It's it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's another word that means really strong. We'll say that.
6: Thank you. Thank you, guys.
3: Yep. Yeah, we appreciate you. Thank you. Let's put our hands together for Feline. Yes. Right. Man.
0: <laughs> the neck flaps. Did you see that? Yeah.
3: That's why we call it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Every time you hear on a pod the neck flaps, I'm going like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh
3: yeah. man! a ahhu. Thank you. Man, them stories, huh? Man, I just heard a lot of good experience, strength, and hope. It's definitely like, I know it's always good to hear people share their experience, strength, and hope. uh, But it's like never something like I'm looking forward to or anything when we're doing this podcast or we're going to a meeting or something. But after I hear it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I needed that. I needed Mm -hmm. that today. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: And it's like, you know, when we were in Arizona and we heard all those stories, we heard these stories tonight. Because you know, like we have a tendency to think, like, oh man, I'm the only one you mm-hmm. know, that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the worst of the worst, or whatever the case may be. And then you listen to other people and you think, man, I did that too, or you did that too, or you yeah. know. Then, and it's just, it's it's empowering to hear people say things like that because you know that they succeeded, and and they tell you how they do it, and then at the same time you're like, okay, well then I can do that
3: too. Yeah, for sure, definitely.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: well said. Well said. No, I think it's amazing. It's always refreshing, and it reminds me why we even started doing this, mm-hmm. and that's really just to share that that hope with the people that listen. Like, maybe you're in a spot, and, and maybe you're, you're finding your reason why you want to fight for recovery or why you want to change your life circumstance or why you even want to live another day. Yeah. But when you hear people like the three that came on and they share their experience and how they overcame the obstacles that they faced in recovery then it shows us that there is hope that there is a reason it's like i, I read something it was like uh if you're still drinking today there's people that are mourning you while you're still alive mm-hmm. um and for a long time, I, I never really considered my mother. I never really considered my siblings. I never considered the people that I hurt because I chose, like, you know, not to deal with what was going on in my mind. Um, but, yeah, it reminds me of that.
2: Yeah, and it just,
0: you know, like, you
2: can. You can you can do it. Like, just listening to these people, you should know that you are able to do it. You got just got to go out there. You got to put in the work. It's possible one day at a time, as they say, one step at a time. Shoot, some days I got to take it one minute at a time. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because, uh, like, everybody, these guys were saying earlier, like, I ain't perfect. Like, I am I'm, I, got some years under my belt, but, hey, I, I'm still working on it. And, you know, we like we always say, you can't half-ass it, bro. Yeah, you know, gotta full go,
3: ass. Full
2: ass. You got to go both cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right but, but, but you can do it. Like, that's the thing, man. You can do it. I'm mm-hmm. just
0: glad you're working on
3: it. Yeah, I'm glad. I really, because those are areas. I was that really you hoping that on. you would be working on that.
1: <laughs>
3: are, we, are we talking about my cheeks here or what the, what's going on?
1: No. Because
2: no. no. I'm getting it from both sides and I'm feeling really uncomfortable right now. <laughs> no, i just
3: playing with you. Just playing with you. Um, no, I wanted to give a shout out to my mom, Dora man. She's sitting right up here too. Randy was shouting out his mom, so hello mother
0: hi mom <laughs> hey, hey, hey mom
3: um so yeah that was good you know and um this is a really good experience and I would need to do more of this and definitely I like the multiple guests that's the first time we had multiple guests yeah so yeah I, would, I think that's a, that's a good formula to go forward with yes, yes. thank yeah. you
2: guys all for coming out you could have been doing something else but you came out here to support us and that means everything.
3: Yes. Yes, right on. we good. We're good to close it out. Close it
2: Episode
1: out.
3: Episode 153. 153. Well, we thank you. We love you. We appreciate you, everybody that came out. And to our listeners all over Flat Earth, we also love you and appreciate you. And to our unspoken words disciples, keep spreading unspoken words, gospel, Billy Graham style. Hey, hey,
1: Be
2: kind to yourself. Shouldn't flat, by the way.